You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the U.S., and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hi there. Welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Today, I am talking about a somewhat controversial topic here. I wanted to chat about Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps. So Dave Ramsey, in case you've never heard of him, he is a a leading voice in the financial, the personal financial space. So he has a daily podcast and radio show. He has lots and lots of books out there. Um, and a lot of people either completely love him or love to hate him. He does have tend to have some controversial opinions sometimes. Uh, but I think his baby steps are great tools for building the financial blocks of your personal life. And I also think that a lot of these lessons do translate into business. So I just wanted to talk through those today. Obviously the biggest impact is going to be on the personal side, but a lot of the lessons in the baby steps really do translate well over to your business. So I'm gonna go over the baby steps and talk through how they can apply to your business. All right, first, what are the baby steps? Baby step number one, save $1,000 for your starter emergency fund. And remember, these are These are meant for the personal side, but I'll talk through all of them and uh, talk through how they apply to business. Step number two is pay off all debt except the house using a debt snowball. Step number three is save three to six months of expenses for an emergency fund. Step number four is invest 15% of your household income in retirement. Step number five, save for your children's college fund. Number six is pay off your home early. And number seven is build wealth and give. All right, let's unpack these and come right back. So step number one is save $1,000 for your emergency fund. The premise here is that even if you start paying debt right away, if you don't have some kind of backup emergency fund, you're going to have to stop the debt snowball at some point because an emergency pops up and you are unprepared for it. So $1,000 is Dave Ramsey's recommendation. I have heard on his radio show that it works over and over and over again. Um, as business owners, sometimes there are there can be more emergencies. There is certainly more risk to being a business owner. So sometimes it makes sense to have just a little bit more than that when you're just starting the uh, debt snowball on the personal side. But I love the, the idea of an emergency fund on the business side as well. So as far as the business, what I would recommend for a uh, a starter emergency fund, right? Not not your permanent emergency fund, but just something to start is at least one or two weeks worth of expenses saved in a savings account for a rainy day. So you just look at your QuickBooks file or look at your bank account, look at your Excel where you track your expenses, look at what is the outgo of cash? What does it cost you to operate your business between your rent, your software, your advertising, all the things to to keep the business going. What does that cost you for one to two weeks? And I would start there for your starter emergency fund, right? Step number two is pay off all debt except the house using the debt snowball. Um, I think the debt snowball is a really interesting concept, right? So you basically list all of your debt, smallest to largest, and you pay off the smallest debt first you'll notice that it didn't say lowest interest rate to highest interest rate. It really is just smallest debt to largest. So the, po- the point here is 
If you pay off the smallest first, you make the minimum payments on everything except the smallest where you put as much resources as you possibly have towards that smallest debt, then you're going to create a snowball because soon the amount of that payment is going to be uh, made available. And then you continue to, to, you take that money and roll it into the next highest amount, right? So over time, that payment is getting much, much, much bigger because where you had minimum payments over several credit cards or student loans or whatever it may be, you're combining all those. And so by the end, you're making really big payments each month on each debt. So it works really well on the personal side. My husband and I personally did that years ago. Um, So everything got paid off except the house. So that means credit cards, any kind of personal debt, line of credit. We had a, um, a TV on a, on a credit card, uh, your vehicle, student loans, any of that, all that gets paid off in this step number two. So what does that mean on the business side? It's not uncommon for practice owners to use credit cards in their business. Um, and I personally don't have a problem with that, but I really do like it when you're able to pay it off each month. So if there's a credit card that you've been holding a balance on, carrying a balance for a number of months, I would really, really aim to pay that off in full because until you do, that interest is going to continue to accrue. So what I would do there is stop putting any additional payments on that credit card. Why? You're, you want to use, you want to move that over to a debit card or either another credit card that's not going to have interest for a while so that you can pay off that balance in full. If you have debt in the business, uh, and I'm talking non-mortgage debt, right? So like a line of credit, an SBA loan. So those items would count here. Uh, you're, you're going to want to pay those down as soon as possible because then guess what you have? You have a lot more cash flow. In this step, if you have a really, really large loan, like an SBA loan that you use to expand the business or a mortgage, you would not pay this loan off in step number two. You would hold that one off for step number six. There's a couple of things that you want to be mindful of as a business owner as far as paying down the debt. You, as a business owner, you're not able to use every available dollar because you do have to plan for taxes, right? Um, debt pay downs is not a tax deductible item. The interest on your debt is, but not the actual principal payment. So you do want to make sure that you're reserving enough for taxes before paying down your debt. Um, but you'll notice in the accounting equation, right? You have income minus expenses equals profit and that profit is taxable. So when you're reducing debt, it's not reducing the profit. So you're still going to have a tax burden. Just keep that in mind. Plan for taxes, reduce the debt, because once that's done, you've got a tremendous amount of cash flow in your business and you can truly just go out there and live your best life. So once the debt is paid off and sometimes earlier in the sense of a business, baby step number three is saving three to six months of expenses in an emergency fund. So again, I mentioned earlier, there's a lot more risk involved in being a business owner than just having a job working for the state, right? So I truly believe in the three to six months of, of emergency fund in your personal life. I, I really want you to have that. So look at, again, what are your expenses in your personal life? What does it, what does it take for you to keep your kids in, in the school that you want them to go to, keep your car fully uh, gassed up, eat the way you want to eat? What does it cost for you to do that? Three to six months is what I would like to see you have. And that's just liquid cash sitting in a savings account somewhere ready for you to use. 
and I can probably hear you complain that you wish it was making making money for you. And I get your point and I agree, but this is not money that needs to get caught up in a CD or, or inaccessible to you. This is really meant for emergencies uh, so that you can use it quickly if you need to, where you just have to transfer it over to your checking account and you're able to use it. So this money needs to be liquid, uh, not silver or gold or uh, in a CD or a difficult to access investment. On the business side, may, you might want to have a bigger emergency fund sooner than later, right? Depending on if you have debt or not in the business. But I do also love having an emergency fund in the business. My recommendation is generally two to four months of expenses in the business. Um, and why two to four months? Two gives you a, a nice comfort and it helps you sleep really, really well at night. Uh, so you know that if something were to happen, if there's a slowdown, like COVID last year, like January was really, really slow for a lot of our insurance practices this year. If something happens, you've got the money that you're not panicked right away. You can keep all of your clinicians employed. You can keep your amazing admin. You can keep everyone on your team and not have to let them go right away because you're already out of cash, right? So there's some space for you to pump the brakes and not make any rash decisions if something happens that is financially uh, difficult. It's really, really hard to hire right now. So you don't want to have to let all these lay, lay everyone off and let people go. But you also don't want to be spending hours canceling uh, subscriptions right away, right? You want to be able to have enough cash that if something happens and all of a sudden no cash comes in this week, you might be worried, but you're not completely panicked because you know, you know, you're going to be okay and you're going to make the next uh, payroll payment. So once you've got that emergency fund in the business, what can you use it for? It can be a place where you stash some money and you plan, for example, for a seasonal slowdown. Some of our clients who see a lot of children, for example, will usually experience a slowdown in August and then in December as well. And then we also know that September and January usually do very well. So when you have that data and you know that information, then in September and January, the really good months, we want to be saving maybe a little bit of extra money for those months where we know that things are going to slow down. So we've got a little bit more wiggle room. So you can plan, you can plan for seasonal changes in your business once you know what those are. Uh, that typically doesn't mean you've been in, in business for a few years, but sometimes just based on the population that you see, you can kind of expect certain things are going to happen. You can also use the money to save for hiring. What I mean by that is that if you're in a state where you're required to pay a clinician when the service is rendered versus paying them when the practice gets paid, it can be a little bit more expensive to hire and you might want to plan ahead for that. So you can keep adding money into that savings account planning for your for the first month of your first hire so that you know you can afford them before you even bring them on. Another situation that can come up is if you have 26 pay periods in the year, then that means there's two months out of the year where you're going to have three pay periods, right? There's a few options as far as pay periods. You can do monthly, you can do bi-monthly and bi-weekly, but if you have a bi-weekly, if you have a bi-weekly pay schedule, that means that two months out of the year, you're going to have a triple payroll and that can get a little bit more expensive, right? So you want to save up. Ultimately, at the end of the year, it costs you exactly the same thing. It's just there's two months where that expense is going to look a lot higher in your book. So you want to have additional cash flow available for that. All right, next step, baby step number four, invest 15% of your household income in retirement. So this is where 
You do want to be speaking with a financial planner so you can do what's best for you. Uh, but 15% of what you take home, if you're investing that consistently, you're going to be really, really wealthy and retire very, very comfortably. So what does that mean on the business side? It's a little bit simpler. This is one of those uh, baby steps that may, may apply a little bit less. You probably want to ramp up at that point your tax savings because you're probably bringing home uh, a decent amount of cash. You may want to also be investing for future growth. So if you are interested in adding another location, buying a building, or maybe at that point, you're just funneling more money out of the business for your personal financial goals, uh, whether that be starting another business or purchasing real estate, whatever that may be, um, you're able to really invest because you've got a lot of cash flow in the business. Baby step number five is saving for kids college. Uh, So no matter where you are, um, as far as the age of your kids, if you have children, today is still better than tomorrow as far as saving for college. So that's the next step that you would set up and get them really ready for going to college. Having some money is always going to be better than than none. There isn't really an equivalent here on the business side, um, but this could be a time where you think about your employees. So in uh, in the business, your employees might be a little bit like your children or sometimes it might feel like it. So maybe that's a point where we add additional benefits or add a 401k uh, for the team. Baby step number six is to pay your home off early. I think this one is a really neat life goal. I would love to have my personal home paid off because I can just imagine the freedom you feel when you owe nothing to anyone. That is going to be a really cool day. Again, on the business side, this one, there's not really a, a direct alternative, but if you had a a mortgage because you own a building or if you had a really large loan, then you you could uh, pay that off in this step. And then step number seven, build wealth and give. I don't think that one needs a lot of explanation on either side, on the personal side or on the um, business side. So build wealth and give and be happy. If you want more information about these baby steps, we will add uh, some links to the Total Money Makeover in the show notes as well as the podcast. Whether you love Dave Ramsey or not, these steps can definitely lay the foundation for a very strong financial future for yourself and for your business. Have a great day, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.